0: Thanks to the city of Brimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani, and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to Soul Dive on Brimbank Live's Live FM with your hosts AD, Rashani, and Lydia and this is officially our very first uh, segment um, or show for 2021. Welcome. Hey ladies. Yeah. Yes, twenty twenty one. How are we all? Really good. Really pumped we, for the year. Yeah,
2: really pumped to be here. Um, I guess naturally. I mean, should we talk about what's happened in the world around us? You. Um, I mean, or I
1: don't do know. We just want to pretend around us. I just, I just know what's happening right now uh, in hit. Victoria. To me. Mm-hmm.
2: True, That's true, awesome. true. In Victoria, precisely. Well. Um, we are back indoors guys we are yeah. back indoors
1: and for not for five, that five yeah. days that they tricked us into <laughs> <for> <laughs> two weeks it's yeah, our extended so...
3: two-week holiday we were saying just before um <laughs> yeah. giving us a little bit of a breather a little bit of a break so let, let's look at it that way
1: positive thinking exactly exactly it's all about
2: perspective <laughs>
1: um So today, going into 2021 um, and the ups and downs we had work-wise last year and the unpredictability, Mm. um, we are doing some finance talk today. Um, Money, 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 money. (laughs) 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 Which should be fun. Um, I've never been a money-oriented person. So, Mm. you know, financial literacy is not high up in my, you know, list of uh, talents or knowledge bank (laughs) info yeah (laughs) so it should be good to um hear from our guest later on mr Uh, abraham adruso who's a director of um finance which is going to be awesome but first let's start off talking about our own experiences uh in the Mm -hmm. finance world and what we've learned growing up uh with money Mm -hmm. because obviously you know, we learn from our parents and from the environment around us how to handle money, how to uh, have a relationship with money. Um, so, Roshani, do you want to kick us off?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So... I think for me, you know, as you were saying, A.D., the way that you grow up um, and the finances that surround you growing up really do impact you as an adult, um, I think, anyway. You know, for me, I come from, um, you know, a migrant family. My parents were migrants, um, you know, working class. My parents worked a lot of odd jobs. And so um, money was, you know, my parents always used to say, like, money doesn't grow on trees. And that was something that was, mm. like, instilled into me um, very young. So, like, we, we didn't really, like, spend big um we didn't have I guess a lot of like excessive money um I definitely grew up like happy um don't get me wrong but you know I knew that there were people that obviously had more money than me and more money to spend Mm -hmm. Um, I think like the biggest memory for me is like when I turned 18 Um, And all these people were getting, like, brand new cars from, like, their mom and dad, like, Mm. as gifts. Um, And and I got my sister's um, hand-me-down car. It was, like, a 1997 Mitsubishi Lancer. Like, it was actual trash. Like, the aircon didn't work. (laughs) um, The doors didn't have lock. Um, The car would just randomly stop, like, during winter. Like, it was, like, that was, like, really a reflection of the fact that, like you know, I really just like make use of what I have and we didn't really like Mm. massively spend. Um, And then also like the extra things, you know, the fact that I do help out with groceries and like Mm. meals and stuff like that, like those are all the extra things that like, um, you know, I had to kind of deal with growing up. So I think the things that my parents did and still was saving you know that was really important like saving for a rainy day because you never really know when you'll need the money um and so Mm. we weren't excessive spenders but um we were more so savers and I think that that's Mm. you know uh, that's something I've bought into my adult life because I do know how to save I I, I'm going to be honest like sometimes I'll get like a paycheck and I won't be able to save anything from it, but I do know how to kind of like put at least like $10 away or $20 away. um, Mm. And I guess I'm grateful for that because at least now I kind of have some type of financial literacy in, in saving, but um, Mm. you know, there are a lot of things that, you know, we'll get into later on in the show talking about like credit cards and things like that, that I know, um, you know, from my own experience, things that I, um, you know, may not, quite know a lot about and there are a lot of things that people talk about in relation to finances and debt and saving that I think a lot a lot of young people particularly in young ethnic people um don't really know much about um so this is going to be a really good show I'm really really excited what about you Lydia
2: Mm -hmm. yeah well I've related to so much of what you said Roshani I think growing up it's not that um I I never had the basics or it's Always fed, well fed, always had the clothes that I needed, the shelter that I needed. But when it came to those extra things, I guess I quickly recognised that, like, that wasn't something that I had access to um, compared to those around me. Because, you know, I grew up in a very, like, in a high socioeconomic um Uh, area and I also went to a private school so I think it was just very humbling for me to kind of live alongside people who would I I could see were easily getting you know $50 cash from their parents when we go out yeah like literally (laughs) an allowance yeah and I'm just like I mean, there were times where like our parents would give us a little bit of pocket money just to get a little feed when we were out. But like that was never a thing. So as soon as um, my reality was to get a job, as soon as I could legally get a job and to then use that money to fund like all the extra things. So I think for me, I didn't have as much as my mom and dad really pushed this idea of saving. I actually found it really hard to save effectively because I found that all of my pocket money, all the money that I was earning had to go to like the extra things that, you know, a kid wants to do. Mm. Um, but I was mindful of that. So I was mindful of the reasons why I couldn't save. And I, I guess I was just like, you know what, this is my situation now. <clears throat> Eventually it will change, you know, it will level out. Like you're you're very much capped at how much you can make as a 15 as a year old, 16 year old. But um, yeah, I guess, I would just say humble humble beginnings for me when it came to money but like I guess also, I think we lived week to week. When I really look back, I'm like, we kind of had this week to week sort of lifestyle. And as much as we would save for something um, that we knew was coming up in the near future, like if mum really wanted us to go on a holiday, would make it a, like a goal and really try to save for that. But just that general saving, I found that it was really hard for us because an expense would always pop up somewhere, you know, and being a migrant like child as well, we all know that like you know a lot of us are supporting people back home in different like capacities and just yeah just it never felt easy to save for me but I, I've always been aware of how um, important it is and I will be honest and say today I do struggle to just save beyond like <clears throat> just extra extra money if that makes sense mm-hmm. it feels like there's always an expense <laughs> you know but
1: yeah yeah we're getting I this really feel you and what you said about um, <laughs> migrant parents or migrant people having to, you know, help people back home or family members mm. where they're at, uh, that's called the black tax. And that's what keeps there you go. just yeah. behind, just Always one behind. step behind. Um, and they even make you feel guilty for having a savings account. You know mm. what I mean? Like if you have all this money, why are you not helping people? What are you doing mm. with money just mm. sitting there? And so Mm. that's been the mentality that's been drilled into us and this idea of you don't need a savings. A savings means you have enough money to help others.
3: Mm. So what are you doing with this?
1: Having money sitting there. Yeah,
3: it's exactly. Yeah, it's like collectivist mentality versus the individualist. You know, if you have mm. savings in your account, um, you know, and that is kind of like what people in the Western world kind of do encourage, you know, to save mm. individually. But I guess from the the backgrounds and the cultures we come from, it's about collective impact and it's about helping, um, you know, mm. your extended family overseas or your extended family here. Um, and with that money that you're saving for yourself, you can do you know you can give out that help uh, with that money uh, yeah. but, exactly
2: yeah. but also one thing that I've realized is is if I like if I observe my mom and what she does with her extra money I'm like really it would actually be wiser to not help for a, a period of time and then Honestly. to use to use that time to actually build yourself to a point where you can help from a much better place you know what I mean because I find that like a lot of us in these countries are, I obviously appear to be rich to those back home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still trying to kind of climb a little bit and get to that mm-hmm. point of like, like, yeah, of just supporting ourselves from a really comfortable place. And I just feel like because we're helping from that position of still trying to elevate ourselves in this country, I find that it's just not helping the bigger picture because yeah. we're
1: not, yeah. we're helping exactly. from a compromise, you <laughs> yeah, know. <exactly. laughs> and that's yeah. why financial literacy comes into play because um, I think a lot of people don't look uh, into the future, mm. you know they mm. don't um, foresight think about money. Yeah, they think about mm. the here and now, um, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of keeps us, you know, behind. Yeah. Uh, my earliest experience, I've been, I've been a hustler since like I, might be. I started. <laughs> a job. uh You know, I hope the government doesn't come after me. Um, <laughs> I started working at twelve years old.
2: Really. Uh, I started
1: working at twelve years old. I haven't been out of. I think the longest I've been out of a job was like six months, and that was two years back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been working. Yeah. By year 12, I had like three jobs going. and yeah. You know, yeah. um, VCE-type work. So mm. I was just always mm. a hustler. Um, and at one point, I was really good at saving. I wouldn't even buy myself a chocolate bar. I was so stingy. Mm. And <laughs> then <laughs> it was great. But then one day I spent all of the money uh, because some of my older cousins convinced me to. Okay. since then, I have not been able to put a penny away. Mm. And um, we really do learn from our environment um, Mm -hmm. to have a relationship with money. So, you know, for us uh, as a family, we did live week to week, you Mm. know. Yeah. Um, The parents wanted, you know, the private schools and Mm. the bougie couches. So when, Mm -hmm. you know, our guests came over, they were all like, ooh, la, la. Instead mm. of thinking about the future, thinking about saving, you know, it was always like extravaganza mm. type stuff. And I kind of picked that up, even though I'm a complete minimalist. I just, mm. when I have money, I need to spend the money. Mm. You know what I mean? I haven't really planned that idea of saving. Um, mm. And when you do save, like I said, uh, you have that guilt Mm, you have that yeah. guilt to help there's always someone calling if it's not your own parents then it's people from overseas or yeah. your parents saying that their parents are sick or they need mm. medication and um, there's just always something and you're made to feel bad if you have plans for yourself or for your future yeah um, and you're not helping the next person so that's yeah. kind of the idea that I've always had like keeping money hush hush if you do have it
3: yeah because but-
1: as soon as you mention it instead of people being proud of you for being able to save or Mm. for trying to achieve something like buying a house or whatever, Mm. you're made to feel bad.
2: Yeah, or selfish, yeah. And I think we need to approach this conversation about money and finances in the, you know, like African and migrant communities just differently, you know, because we all have a common goal. Like we're all trying to... A lot of us started off in, you know, housing, for example, and obviously from there people progressed to buy houses and how did they buy houses? They had to save and Mm. so, but, like, I agree. I just feel like um, we need to... at this conversation from different angles because there are different things that we keep in mind um, when it comes to money and it's that conversation of that collective you know helping your community um, and just yeah just other things on top of that just understanding how to make how to save money Mm -hmm. because a lot of us like you said, have lived week to week for so long. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's a lack of education as well on how to effectively budget. Um, yeah.
3: It's also about being in the position to save. Um, and I know that you know a lot of people don't have a stable full time job where they're getting um, mm. you know, amount of money coming in each week. You know, for I, all of us, really, like we're mm. freelancers, we're on contract. Um, you know, like I'm going to be honest, I haven't actually gotten any money in my bank account since like September, like. Because I'm, just, yeah. I'll I'll do like a project for like four months, and then like I won't get any money until the next project, and so exactly. that, you know. So for some people, it's difficult to save in those circumstances. Because yeah, you really don't have the means of um, money flowing in for you to put money away. You know, each paycheck. <laughs> Mm. That's right We're listening to Soul Dive,
1: guys, on Brimbank Lives Live FM with your hosts AD, Rashani, and Lydia. And we are having money talks. (laughs) Um, so you're totally right, Rashani, about the job instability and this new flex economy, especially for young people. Um, I know the older generation, you know, you they go to university and their job is set for life. People have been in Mm. the same career for 30, 40 years. Um Whereas some statistics, I don't know when I read this. It was like a couple of years ago, so it might have changed since then. But it says the average person now will have 17 different jobs in their lifetime. That's 17 that. jobs. So that's what we're expected to. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? why you we're said that flexi economy, economy yeah. yeah. So we are no longer secure in our jobs. We're no yeah. longer stable, mm. and yet we're expected to have uh, so to, have to the same pay outcome.
3: Uh, as yeah. As yeah. A, yeah. You know, people that have lived here for ages, who have houses and have been able to secure properties. Like, I think that, Mm. yeah, our outcomes will look a little different. And I think as a generation, we're just trying to understand what um, kind of different outcome we're going to be able to get Mm. with the instability that we do have. Yeah, mm. Definitely.
2: And I think the regularity of how or like how regular money comes in or how routinely it comes in might, like, will definitely put you in a, either a better or worse situation to save money. Because mm. over a six-month period of time, us as freelancers could make the same amount of money that, say, someone that works full-time makes. Yeah. But because it comes in in, mm. in such an annoying fashion... Irregular. <laughs> Mm. irregular <laughs> it, it makes it hard to actually save and yeah. with saving savings kind of co- correlates with this idea of routine you know it's mm. like routine, putting money away so I think we have we need to just kind of have a completely new conversation about saving mm. in today's in today's um, climate
1: yeah honestly I think it's completely yeah. different um mm. and I also wanted to touch on you know we, we did touch on, you know, being ethnics and, and migrants and having different responsibilities perhaps to some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea, because I've seen so many of my white counterparts, my friends, you know, um, when they hit 25, their parents are like, okay, so we have some savings for you. It's just a small savings of like $70,000 <laughs> to, yeah, to get a house, you know, yeah. to get a house. And, um, you know, if you save $10,000, you'll be able to buy something beautiful Mm. Mm. I don't I don't hear that often around my hood oh
2: no 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 no. we don't hear that (laughs) we
1: don't hear that around here
2: oh girl we're waiting we're here we're waiting for our 70,000 so that we can buy a house (laughs) Seriously, I think it's our generation
1: that's going to do that for our children um, because unfortunately you know our parents missed that window of um, opportunity yeah exactly and understanding what financial literacy really is so exactly. Building wealth now. isn't
2: easy and it mm-hmm. takes sometimes, you know, a generation. They're that gener- sacrificial generation that has put us in this position to build wealth now, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just about understanding that as well. It's not like we're sitting here um, as radio hosts of like, oh, because of our situation, you know, this, that, that. We understand why we're in the situation that we're in, you know, um, because we it have context. more
1: determined, you know, yeah. to exactly. succeed and to do my best and to show others how they can succeed because I want to see us all win. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And we deserve to. And I think it's like, you know, because of the struggle that we've had over, say, the last generation, it it might seem, we might have this perception that we're not able to, we're not good at it, but it's also just understanding all of the context around it and then saying we're in a good position to now do something different for the following generation. Um, And we will, you know? absolutely. And it's about
3: getting that support and help in being able to do that because you know financial literacy isn't something that you're just born knowing um it's something that Mm -hmm. you learn and I think that yeah in today's conversation um talking to our guests we'll be able to hopefully learn some um tips um and understand what it is to be financial literate and to be able to save and get out of debt and things like that exactly the only thing I know is it's
1: it's it's a complicated complicated world Mm -hmm. the finance world and that's why yeah get wrapped up in mm. in debt and in darkness because it's just it's something you really need to learn like people yeah, go that's to what university it to understand this stuff you know it's thank not, you it's not easy. Um, this so is we really something we need to
2: effort. yeah we need to actually um intentionally teach ourselves be yeah, we... educated on this because there's so much to know even just yeah we'll get into it there's so much to know and this is just the com- conversation starting mm-hmm.
1: yeah 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 yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, um, for us to build wealth this generation, mm. we mm-hmm. have to have a conversation with our parents, you know, to say that things are different and you yeah. can't rely too heavily on us to pick you up because obviously, you know, we're their children, we're an extension and we were created mm. to ease their pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to kind yeah. of progress in our own <laughs> lives. That's- yeah kind of a mentality shift that needs <laughs> to happen as well. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's like okay, we need to talk about this. Yeah. We need- <laughs> you're an extension of me. So go to work and bring home the money. Right. Like, go to work and start saving and let me handle, you know, home. Right. Okay. I'm gonna support you while you grow type thing. Mm, so it's right. a conversation that you need to have as well with the older generation to say in order for me to really progress, um, you know, and to even help you guys and be in a better position to help, you have to kind of let me fly a little bit. It's not every penny you've got to split it in half.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I guess there will be differences in how each African or migrant household um, does things. So we should explore that because already I can tell that I have some differences um, to what you are experiencing in your household, AD. So yeah. we should explore it. We should because it definitely, it makes it makes a huge difference of how you can then progress in the outside world based off your expectations or responsibilities at home.
1: Definitely. Um, you're yeah. listening to Soul Dive on Brimbank Lives Live FM with your hosts, A.D., Rashani, and Lydia. Lydia, so you said that you have a different um, kind of way of living. You know, we're both Africans, but we come from two different countries, and you've been here since forever. Um mm yeah born
2: and raised you know for me it's like well this is how it's worked in my household so um growing up we didn't pay for anything obviously until we could get a job Mm -hmm. um we we had the basics you know we just we had everything we needed but it was just the basics so if we were to go out and spend a few hours outside of the house with our friends mom might give us money just to get there and back or and just to have something to eat whereas Mm -hmm. you know You just always have your friends with extra, extra money around you. And then it came the time where I could get a job. So now it's like, all right, I'll get a job. So this is now funding all the extra stuff. So if I want to buy some clothes for myself, if I want to go here, go there. Um, I want to save to go on an exchange trip to France I did that a mom put in half with me and then Mm. it got to a point when we were 18 where it's like all right now you guys are going to start paying rent Mm. and you're going to start um, uh, paying for the bills so we're all going to split the bills between the five of us and then you're going to you're just going to pay a hundred dollars a week for rent which is obviously decent you know people would pay about 200 Mm. on average so that's just been my arrangement for since I've been 18 like equally splitting bills and then paying for rent but that's just that's that, so everything else is is mine if that makes sense mm, there's I'm not necessarily smart. splitting, yeah, I'm not splitting like you know my earnings with with my family or anything like that, and I think if yeah. i if I had to do that, I probably wouldn't have been able to travel at points where I did travel um and yeah, that's why I wanted to explore that if that's a point of difference
1: mm. you know I think you're a hybrid, I don't know how so when did your parents come to Australia
2: so they came here in ninety one um okay. Yes. Wow. And then they, yeah, early, right? Wow. So yeah, they, yeah, real early. Yeah. They, they migrated here from Kenya. They met in Kenya. And they migrated here from Kenya together. And then they had Sully, my older sister, in 94. So three mm. years
1: after coming here. That's mm. awesome. Because mm. what I'm hearing here, it's, it's like a hybrid. You know, I've heard a lot of white families talking about this whole uh, idea of um, what is it called? Board, paying board mm. and um, like rent
4: yeah pretty much
1: rent and bills and stuff like that so that's an early way to actually make a child understand you know their responsibilities in life Mm. um which is a really nice way to ease into it you know Mm. so and they weren't
2: doing that out of luxury it was you have to do this so that we can survive and obviously while you do it you're also learning about you know how to handle your money too exactly
1: and Mm. I think um because I have siblings and we're all treated a bit differently like my baby sister was born here in Australia so she's be living it up, you know, she's a complete (laughs) Aussie girl. You know, she doesn't, she lives the high life. She yells, you know, at my parents and says, leave me (laughs) alone. We didn't we didn't have that kind of luxury. You know what I mean? (sighs) (laughs) Slams. Older siblings always say that. Yeah. Oh my God. I would I would be asleep, you know. (laughs) I would be put to sleep. Um but what's it called? It wasn't taught to us, you know, in the form of board and you have Mm. to do this so we can survive. Mm. It was like this is your duty yeah you are expected to and it's not just pay for this bill you know we're going to split it evenly and pay mm-hmm. this much for rent it was like how much are you making yeah all right cool yeah. give it all to me yeah and like, yeah let me hell? handle it yeah so mm-hmm. there was no like understanding of yeah what the responsibility was why are you paying for what you were paying for it was just like you can right. never have your own thing like you are an extension so yeah you just give everything that you do have it's
3: yeah it's the context and I think- yeah the context is very different um sometimes when it comes to how you know you were saying migrant parents can sometimes um handle and talk about money um and I think mm-hmm. in a lot of cultures sometimes money and the way money is handled is quite taboo and it's uh, I'm not spoken about in the way that I guess the western world would speak about money and I think that mm. um that also comes into how we As migrant children um handle our money and deal with our finances and think about money um so yeah i definitely think that that understanding of you know as you were saying rent um and paying board and paying bills um it lands very differently for us as migrant kids yeah
2: Yeah. And I think like, you know, with that approach, you are right. It didn't necessarily give you the opportunity to learn the whys behind. Um and I think that it seems as if they're doing it very much in the style that they would back home, you know? Yeah, sustaining yourself the way you would back home with that collective um sort of bring it all in and then yeah. And I think like you it's just it's just lucky that you've been able to understand why you're in that position and eventually learn how to actually handle your money. Um Mm -hmm.
1: So, so I'm only now yeah. trying to learn I don't know nothing about money
2: okay I, girl I, I we're learning
1: together <laughs> yeah. we are still learning together and I well, think well, always make be the money learning. spend the money
3: yeah <laughs> make yeah, it yeah. spend it <laughs>
2: that's, what we are. You?
3: <laughs> no, no, that's the thing and right, I think well, it's like we're always learning um so like even with this <clears> conversation um we'll always have more to learn um and the world changes finance changes all the time so that's there, exactly. clear
1: yeah yeah well after the break um we'll be having a special guest on mr abraham adruso um director of Sohudo finance and he's going to talk to us about um saving about bad credit about credit cards about investing all the good stuff that uh, we really do need to learn to kind of progress in life when it comes to finance Um, So stay tuned. More after the break. This is Soul Dive on Brimbank Live's Live FM with your hosts, AD, Roshani and Lydia.
0: With thanks to the city of Brimbank across our neighborhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Roshani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM.
1: Welcome back to Soul Dive with your hosts, AD and Vashani. And uh, today we have Abraham Adruso, and he's a director of Sohudo Finance. So today's finance talks uh, will be um, led by Abraham, who's very experienced in the finance world. So thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: No problems at all. Um, so, Mr. Abraham, can you please... Tell us a little bit about your background.
4: All right. My name is Ibrahim Idrisu. I am originally from Ghana. And I was in South Australia doing this finance uh, brokering for five years, and I decided to move down here. And it was just last year I decided to go on my own, because for the past two years, I'll be here. I've been trying to see if I could work from here, between here and then Adelaide. that company being a, a family business, it was only based in South Australia. So they had problem with having me working for them from here.
1: Mm, okay. And what got you into this line of uh, business? What, what inspired you to get into um, finance and brokering?
4: Oh, I found out that even though it's an, uh, my original, my background, I'm an engineer by profession.
1: Wow.
4: Electrical communications engineer and then electrical, uh, sorry, electronics communication engineer, telecoms, and then electrical and mechatronics. Wow. Now, but I decided to change my way from the engineering to the finance world in 2013. Mm. So the last time I practiced engineering was 2013. I was posted to Bema, now called Myoma. Wow as an expatriate, but seeing what came over there and then just changed my perspective. So I decided to go into that. Mm. And then I went back to uni, Adelaide Uni, to go in for finance, uh, sorry, more, uh, MBA into that. But I saw that now I was wasting my time. So I rather just went straight into this particular team. And since then, never looked back.
1: Wow, so you're a numbers man.
4: I'm trying to yeah
3: yeah I think um with finances sometimes for people it can be really hard to talk about um when it comes to money um and finances and debt and things like that why do you think that people struggle to to talk about finances and maybe struggle to ask for help um from a financial advisor like yourself why do you think it is such a taboo topic
4: uh look When it gets to that, there's a lot of emotions,
1: Mm.
4: personal stuff. A lot of people wouldn't like to get it out because for many other reasons, they may think that they feel, they may feel ashamed to do that, or people may think that they are crazy or they're not capable of But no, that's not the case. Mm. The fact is, look, if you want to get help from any other problem you really need to come out mm.
3: the
4: person who is trying to help you will really need to know get to the bottom of it and if that person wants to help you then you have to help that person to understand you so i can put it properly yeah now there are a lot of reasons that make people to go into such cases depending on a whole lot of things we, we will send the whole day and we never come to an end Yeah, some people looking at it like they are busy with work, their background. Mm. And as I can really see, I see, think Edo and then Roshana, you guys are from India and Africa and that kind of stuff. So, look, in those areas, you may not really sit down and think about this small, 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 small thing you ignore. But over here, they take everything. Mm. But you may really look at it and say, look, it's not all that important but it comes back to bite you. So in such a situation, if such a person comes up with that kind of problem, I really think he needs a second chance or even more than that. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people who may have that kind of patience. So you really need some people. Just like the way you and I may not have patients for our health, we have to go and see a doctor. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that ne- that doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that the doctor is better than us, but that's just the profession. So that's how I really look at that.
1: You're totally right. And before we continue on, Rashani's from Sri Lanka, not India, ah, Sri Lanka, just to correct...
4: okay. <laughs> okay, sorry, no, about
1: you were that. close. <laughs> Very close. Yes. Um, and to date, what are some of your proudest achievements um, from the finance world?
4: Look, my proudest achievement is that for the past six years or till now, I've helped a lot of people with their finances not only getting them the loans but for the fact that I've even gone extra mile just to help them through believe it or not it doesn't really mean that if you're an engineer you know a whole lot of things about other engineering mm. people will have to hold your hands through that so what I normally do is it doesn't matter one's educational laurels or one educational background when it comes to my world, I just bring it down and break it as minimal as possible, and try and see if I can go extra to make them to make them feel happy or easy through that journey. Because to get finance, is you have to go through a journey. Mm. So I've ended up writing loans for a lot of people here, of all diverse uh, distance, but in particularly. Most of my clients have been South Sudanese, Liberians, and then uh, some mixed race. And you wouldn't believe it, six years now, people still call me Mm. and others give references to me. Sometimes someone will call and I'll just mention the name. Say, oh, you still haven't forgotten? I say, no, I've got your name on my phone. (laughs) Wow. So it's just, after we all wait for money but at the end of the day if you go that extra mile yeah and put a smile on someone's face you can really feel it mm. and that kind of appreciation touches my heart.
1: yeah and it's a beautiful thing especially when yeah you feel like the person cares for you and it's not just a job um, you know to get people in and out and make your money it really makes a big difference um, in people coming back to you and and being referred uh referring their friends to you mm. um, because of that extra mile that you take
3: yeah absolutely and I think that um, as well Abraham, when you were speaking about how you know we need to look after ourselves not just like physically and mentally but financially as well like that's really important I think people forget that and there are people out there to help you manage your money because money is something that we have to deal with on an everyday basis, whether we're paying bills or we're working. And I think that it is really important that we speak about financial um, wealth and and health as well. Um, And that is an important part of, um, you know, us becoming better people and managing our finances um, in better ways.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really interesting as well that uh, the people that you do help are of, ethnic backgrounds, more specifically mm. African, um, because we will talk a little bit about that later, the different ethnic groups and financial literacy, because um, that's that's a really important thing. And I, you know, I'm not so proud to admit, but I am very financially illiterate. So <laughs> these conversations as we grow up becomes more and more important, um, yeah. because like Rashani said, we can't escape finances, we can't, yeah. we, we live in a world revolved around money. Um, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're listening to Soul Dive on Brimbank Lives Live FM with your hosts AD and Rishani, and we have the wonderful Abraham Adruso here with us. The deadline. Yeah. I I uh am guilty.
3: Yeah, it's like oh, a never-ending hole that um people Viral. can find themselves in. And and it's very difficult. I know a lot of people when they speak about being in debt um and they ask for help, people are just like, well, get out of debt. But it, it's actually very hard to get out of debt and it, it is not. That simple, and I think that people really need the tools and the resources to know how to to make it better for themselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Mister Druso, um, is there a way out of bad credit? Tell us. Tell us about that.
4: Oh yes, there's a way out. I think there's a way out because uh, you never have a problem without any solution. But even though it could be contentious at times, and as I told you in my opening remarks, it couldn't be, sometimes it's not the fault of the, the victim. Mm. There are a whole lot of reasons. Yes. Because in the first place, if you want to go in for a loan or a credit, they look at three mm. Your capacity to service, capacity to save, meaning you have to get, if I come to me, if you come to me, if one comes to say, hey, I want a loan, I say, very good. I go to the bank, I want a loan for Mr. X or Y. Then they say, Very good. Does she work? And I say yes, then they say, Show me. Mm. That's when I come with the payslip because the mortgage repayment comes in continuously. Now, then the next thing is, and they say, Okay, if this person has been working for this number of years, has she got the capacity? Has she got the discipline to save? Mm. Then I say yeah, then they say show me. Then I come in and ask for three months' bank statements. Now, these two will qualify you preliminary, Mm -hmm. not one, but the two. Now, at the end of the day, if they look at all these things and they look at your character, your expense, because the bank statement will give them your expenses in the real world. Because the point is this, they look at the risk when you're going for money. And if you are of high risk, your chances of getting it very, very slim. Mm. if not impossible now so what's happening is that if someone if you meet the criteria like you've got the income you've got the deposit like say you end up hundred thousand dollars it doesn't mean that you will get the loan because someone can be of high in, uh, income but the expenses too much he's got 12 credit cards he lives this kind of lovely life Gucci, mm-hmm. ferrari and that kind of stuff but he hasn't got any money saved, the bank will look at you. As compared to someone who is earning about 39,000, mm. no credit card or just one and has some savings, they will look at that person because that person has got less risk. Mm. So if you meet all these things, then finally, I've got to look at it like, if I were the bank manager, And I have the money. Will I give you that loan based on the character that you've got? Mm. And it all talks about how I deal with you and then your character. When you buy things, do you pay or just how you handle creditors? Then that's coming. So that's, uh, they call it the three C's. Now, with that kind of bad credit, the bank may say, sorry, we won't give you that money because. In the past, you bought this and you won't pay. And, it, and this is how it happens. Now, if you go and take a credit card of 2000 or you buy something or you borrow money from somewhere, they call in the credit providers, and you don't pay. They will have to pay lawyers big money to chase you. They wouldn't like that. So they would rather like to deal, struggle with you as long as it takes and get all the money. Mm-hmm. Or if they can do it, they just leave you and put a mark on your credit file. And we all have it, even the prime minister has it. Mm-hmm. Now, so whoever goes to give you money will have to go into your credit file. I'll just give you an example. If you go to buy a car or you go to a bank, you want something, they just say, can you give me a driver's license? When they take it and they put it back in front of their computer and doing it, they check in your credit file. Mm.
1: I didn't know that.
4: So that's when they just when they just look at it and say sorry, we can't help you, and push it away.
1: Wow.
4: Another thing is, you may be working. They see the check, the paycheck coming every week, thousand five hundred. They say, oh, you got a lot of money. Can we give you a loan? Mm. Finally, if you ask why do I need, they say, oh, let me have your credit for uh, your your driver's license. They look at it and say, sorry, we can't help you. There's a problem wow. there. Mm. But they will tell you. Right. That's but as a broker, I will push in and find out what is there. Mm. so that's what it is now uh, and again if you've got that kind of problem it doesn't mean that you should face life imprisonment or death squad for that there mm. should be a way out mm-hmm. so in the past what happened was as people were being rejected for having monies and that kind of stuff so someone came up or a group of people came and said okay fine why don't we try and help those people who've got the that? Because I may come from Africa.
3: Mm.
4: I've never handled phone. And I've come mm. over here, I've got a phone to take it on credit and then pay. When I just come, I'm excited. I'm mm. 15 years old. I'll be calling friends here and there. When the bill comes, it's 1,500, I said, no, that's too much. Mm. I don't have that money. I said, I won't pay. But hey, assuming I become a little bit matured, I finished type or uni, I've got a girlfriend, we're going to get married, we're going to get settled. I said, okay. Then the wife said, okay, let's go and get a loan. You go in there and say, sorry, we can't give it to you. I said, why? Two years ago, you, or 15 years ago, you bought this for, or you, you didn't pay your bill. Mm. That's how it is.
3: Yeah, things kind of creep up. um, And maybe people aren't thinking about the future and how that might impact them in the present moment. But there are things that can kind of come back to bite you. Um, And there are things that I think we all deal with, you know, as you were talking about, like, you know, your phone and overpaid bills or bills that you're not paying because they're too high. I think that, yeah, people don't see how those things can impact you later on, but but they do. Yeah. And there's a lot of hurt. Hurdles as well to jump on, as you were saying, the things that ask you, the questions they ask in terms of your savings and how much you're earning. Um, those are also some hurdles that people can fall at. You know, when people may be on contract or are freelancers and don't have um, a, a stable job and are trying to get a loan. So there are a lot of things to to think about in terms of finances in relation to those things, for sure.
1: Yeah,
4: and, and again, uh, to as I was saying, and again, to so it's of going to the bank to be pushed away, so we've got some kind of, we call it the second tier or the non-conforming. The four big banks are the conforming lender. They want everything. You have to conform with everything. But there are some small, small lenders who second tier, they come out and say, okay, fine. Uh, If you go to the bank and they don't give you a loan because of that problem, okay, they get it, but they can help you out. Mm. But at the end of the day, they would like to make sure that by the time you finish with them, you'll be debt free. Mm. So for instance, if you owe in about 20,000 for a car or 5,000 for that make, let's say 30,000, but you want 100,000 to buy a house or a car, the bank wouldn't give you because of that. They'll say, okay, fine, we'll have a look at it. We'll give you the 100,000 that's provided your income can service that And the extra 10, 15 over here that you got with, you know, like uh, Energy Australia, Telstra, or whoever, or the gas companies, they will give you that one to make sure that you pay it off. And you come with them, but they've got their own risk system instead of insurance. They calculate. Assuming, for instance, the interest rate with the banks is 2%. They calculate the risk depending on how much the money is and how long it has been. And I mean the debt that you got with these people, they will look at it. If some will say if it is over one year, whether you've paid it or not, they will consider you. Mm. And others today will say you have to pay it. Now, so they cal- if the risk is about 2% or 3%, then they add it to the normal interest of the market. And then you pay that high interest for that period, they say, okay, we would like you to stay with us for two years. After that two years, you are free to go. And they make sure that uh, that two years, you'll be debt-free mm. so that you'll be attractive to any lender. Because if you go in to get a loan, they'll be looking for six-month statement. That's if you already have a house. So meaning you'll be refinancing from the second-tier guys to the first-tier. So they'll be looking for Uh, the last six months, not last two years. So, whoever goes in wouldn't see below, they'll only see from where you start.
1: Mm.
4: And that's where it is.
1: There's just so many things that we don't know as uh, normal civilians, Mm. and that's why I think it's so important to have these kinds of conversations so that we know what we're getting into when we go into a bank and get a loan, uh, that we look at interest rates, you know, there's so many things that we overlook that like Roshani said, comes back to bite us. Um, And one of those things are credit cards. Um, Yeah, so we we wanna talk about pros and cons of credit cards because I know it saved lives in cases of emergency, but it's also ruined lives um, for people who don't think about the future and about payment. They just think about the spending of it and not about um, what it can really do for you uh, and how much it can damage your credit. Uh, later on in life. So talk to us about some pros and cons of credit cards.
4: Credit cards, as you say, can be life saving for others, but it could also be a destroying factor.
2: Mm.
4: Now, if you've got the credit card, whether you use it or not, some get the credit card, keep it for emergencies, which mm. is good, but whether you use it or not, there's 3% that is charged at the end mm. of the month of the period. So, when you're doing, uh, for instance, uh, let me use myself as an example. There's a credit card of $16,000.
3: Yeah.
4: I don't need it. I only needed it when I wanted to start this and then buy 17. So, they just looked at the income that I was earning from my previous job, which I still do now. And they just said, okay, wow, we'll give you for that. Okay, I started using that. And you know, after I've repaid it, now I've got a less than $3,000 balance. So do I need the $16,000? No, I don't, because the interest is charged according to the credit limit. Mm. So you can really look at it, 3% of 16000 as compared to three thousand three percent of three thousand. Mm. So if I don't need it, I better go and reduce it to the minimum. Yeah. Because if you're going for any credit or any debt at all, they're going to calculate whether you use it or not um. once you've got it. Because chances are that you use it when the needs arise. So they calculate mm-hmm. all distance as your expenses.
3: Wow. So that's
4: where the killer is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then
4: another 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 another. Point is when it is with you, it is tempting mm. to use it. Because you've got the credit card, you use it no matter what. You got the credit card to use it.
3: Yeah.
4: Mm. Just like you've got money, you can shop. If you don't have the money, you may you may even feel like shopping, but because you don't have that money, psychologically, you'll be discouraged. This that's what it is. Yeah. And
1: that's what people. So um, the,
4: the credit cards, yes, you may have it in one way or the other, but if you don't need it, please try minimum reduce it to the minimum. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely. totally right because yeah, and, we and again, need even things. the
4: banks, it is the banks. The banks are so okay. You wouldn't believe it that some some years ago, parents were complaining their teenagers were getting phone calls from banks asking them to take credit cards. Mm,
3: yeah,
4: and which is. Which, which, which was very, very unethical. Mm. Okay, parents were screaming on phones, on TVs, complaining about all these things. Yeah. And sometimes too, you go and take some loan, they give a package, which may be very, very good, so attractive because they put that credit card in as part of the package where you mm. cannot choose. Even yeah. when I even do loan for people, I look around, the packages are so low. So the, the, the thing is that. Take up the credit card. If you're not using it, carry it and throw it away.
3: Mm, yeah.
4: Because what, what they do is that if the three of us here are taking a loan and it includes a credit card, 3% of that credit card will pay for at least all the bills, the fees that they, they loosen. Mm. All the banks are the same. They're making money. Yeah. So you look around as a broker and see where the the, 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 the the effect will mm. be minimal. Where you can maximize that, you just take it and then go out immediately.
3: Yeah.
4: So where you can reduce that that kind of bad effects, that's what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah. So I always tell them,
4: look, uh, you take it, you get your cheap rates. They put it in that package, cut it off. Don't use it mm. because uh, when they do the packages, is that they. Entice you to go and buy it. And what has happened, some of them have said that they, you buy it at the end of the month, they calculate with all the fees and then they waive that. Mm. So you end up not paying anything. But what have they gained? They've encouraged you to go and buy aimlessly somewhere. yeah. And they get the businesses there or the credit points, uh, the frequent flyer points and other things. Yeah. That's the main reason why. You, if you don't buy, you don't get it. Mm. You only get it when you buy yeah so i always tell people this way
3: Mm, absolutely and i think that you know it's funny that you mentioned that that a lot of young people i remember when i was in primary school um banks would come and really encourage young people to get credit cards um you know even like under 18 they would encourage um a young person having a credit card to spend money when they wanted um to spend and i think that it's really it, it is something that people always think is something you have to get but like personally for me i've never had a credit card and I've always kind of been scared because of all of the things that you've kind of touched on and spoken about because um, it does accumulate that interest and even if you have it there and you're keeping it there for an emergency which some people do um, it does sometimes accumulate to you having to pay money back um, in some type of way
1: Mm. and it's like you said quite unethical um, that banks target people to try and get them to get credit cards because they Mm -hmm. know at the end of the day that people are either gonna be trapped paying for life or get themselves in even more debt. So I guess it's good for the banks um, Mm -hmm. because then they can chase you free for more money than what you asked for. So it's quite unfortunate. And I don't know what we can do about that um, to stop banks from tricking people really into uh, getting credit cards and loans out for things that they don't really need. Mm.
4: Yeah, uh, talking about that, what you can do about that is that I think uh, people should try and then be getting closer to brokers. I'm not saying it because I'm a broker, because mm-hmm. as a broker, uh, currently my company deals with uh, AFG, Australian finance group as the mm-hmm. aggregator. yeah, And we're dealing with over 70 lenders, including the four big banks. So I've got more options than the individual banks. The reason is you go to mm. a particular bank, one bank, they will give you only what they have. They will not yeah. tell you about the others for you to know whether it's better or not. Mm. So what I do is that if I'm talking to someone, I can see every, all, all these lenders on my screen.
3: Yeah.
4: And based on what you tell me, and from the questions I ask you, your requirements and your objectives, I come out with at least three because on my system, if I put in the the, the, the information, it comes out with uh, at least three, at least three lenders that I can get. Mm. I give them out to you so you can go read them to and I explain to you mm. to help you make some informed decisions based, is suitable to your needs. Mm. Because you go to the bank, they just give you because you don't know whether you like it or not, you take it. And sometimes a lot of people, I feel sorry for a lot of people, you know, their interest rates, and then they, even the features they give to them, they don't really need it. Yeah. So you go, you take your time, you have a look at it. And when you decided that's when you call me mm. and then we put it in. Otherwise I'll just come talk to you, give you the information. And it doesn't really mean that if I come to talk to a particular client, that person has to take a loan immediately. No. Mm. Sometimes it takes one year, two years. There was even a lady, it took about three years. Wow. Before I wrote the loan for her.
3: Mm.
4: And since then, I've gotten about three referrals from her.
3: Mm. Yeah,
4: I've gotten three referrals from her. And even next March, I'm going back to Adelaide, and we spoke a few days ago, I'm going to still look at her situation again, give her the lowest in the market.
3: Mm, yeah.
4: And as a broker, if someone goes into the banking hall and get a particular rate, as a broker, the broker will get that person lower rates than w- what the bank is offering. for mm. that one is there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I always, I, I find that with banks because as you were saying, they are limited to what they can offer as a branch or a bank, rather than what other options are actually out there. And I think when you mentioned the fact that there are clients who come back to you and clients who refer you on to other people, it is because you know brokers and financial advisors they do just that they give advice and they're not there with an agenda of any sort um but they're there to actually help people um financially so i think that you know it is probably really smart and valuable to be um you know investing your time and money in a broker or a financial advisor for sure yeah yeah
1: totally right um you're listening to soul dive on brim Bank lives live fm with your hosts ad and Rishani, and we are having finance talks with mr abraham adruso so um Mr. Adruso, have you noticed any particular group of people, whether young people, or specific ethnic groups that have been more susceptible to debt as opposed to others?
4: I would say everyone.
1: Mm.
4: Everyone. And it, it depends on the level of information or awareness you have in that. Talking about the debt, like you say, how we can can we navigate ourselves out? Yes, we can, mm. we can, but with the right information and then a, a environment. Yeah. Looking at uh, we're talking about the and especially if you're asking about the age bracket, i would say the 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 the, the youth or the juvenile. Let's put it yeah. that way. And as we started with the way we saying people when they are in such a situation, they feel ashamed or they feel shy.
3: Yeah.
4: When that happens, please don't feel shy. Mm. For example, I'll give you an example. Look at these Hollywood celebrities. People are always looking up to them. Mm. But a lot of them are going through serious mental illnesses mm. and they feel proud or ashamed to come out. But mm. a lot of them have come out and say, hey, I've got a problem, I need help. Mm. And once you've contemplated that, then you are on the point to recovery.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: You see? You're on the point to recover. Because if you actually open up, it's just like I go to a doctor and I say, Hey, I've got a toothache. Mm. the doctor said, Okay, open your mouth and I say and say, I won't open it mm. because it's smelling. Mm.
1: Then
4: you never get treated. Mm. That's what it is. And you have to tell the doctor where it is, where it yeah. aches.
3: Yeah. It is really about opening up and um you know, admitting that you do need help. Um, That's right. Yeah, and I think that that is the first step to, to getting help and getting out of debt in those ways. And I think it is important that, you know, anyone can... Um, you know, with a couple of wrong decisions, um, fall into debt, Um, you know, we're not immune to it because we all kind of deal with money in particular ways. And so um, we do really need to be vigilant and careful um, with our money. And then also when we are kind of in turmoil, asking for help um, and seeking the right advice as well.
4: And then uh, to the point that you were asking, how can we get out of it? All right. Now, the next thing is, for example, when A company is following one a debt uh, one for money, and follows him up to a certain stage. As I told you, he doesn't want to pay the lawyer big money Mm. to claim that. So finally, they have to take you to a debt collector. Mm. And these debt collectors are very very ruthless. They have Mm. nothing to lose, and they are very very provocative and annoying. Yes. Yes. So it gets to that, and they frust- that most of the time, people just become frustrated and say, OK, I'm not going to pay, and they go away. Mm.
1: This
4: credit repair people will always charge a lot, up to about $2,000, 3000 per case. Can you imagine if someone has got four defaults, he's mm. going to be paying $3,000 for each.
3: Mm. Wow, yeah. It accumulates.
4: And sometimes they pay this money, and their name. Never get taken out.
1: Yeah, I've heard about that. What's that about? And shouldn't uh, these credit repair people be held accountable? um, Yeah.
4: Uh, Look, when it gets to that, a lot of people don't really have time. As I was telling you, they're guilt.
1: Yeah. They may,
4: uh they're guilt, or they may not, you ring, even ring them, you can't get them. Mm. So I would say if someone has got a credit impairment or a default, before you go into pay place, let's have conversation. I'm not promising that I can do everything. Let's have conversation and understand. Because most of the time, or some of the times, when you come in that way, it prevents that money being wasted.
1: Mm.
4: It prevents that from being wasted. And to me, the debt collectors is the simple way of dealing with it. Because sometimes, if for instance, The bill is five thousand dollars. Say, Energy Australia will follow you. If it's fed up, it may sell it to the debt collector at a a rate lower. Mm. So most of the time, if you're dealing with the debt collectors, you get it at a reduced rate than the original one. Mm. Okay. Or they will just say the creditors will just say, "Look, you just follow this person, whatever you collect, bring Mm. it back to me." So they will follow, and they give you thirty percent, ten percent, another chance which is good, mm. but the other thing is, what I don't really understand, or I really am against is the credit repair people. They take you to court finally,
1: mm.
4: or whatever. So before you go in to pay a, debt call, uh, a credit repair person, it will be good to talk to someone yeah. to see a way out. Mm.
1: That,
4: that answers your, your first question.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. You're listening to Soul Dive on Brimbank Lives Live FM with your hosts, AD and Rishani. And we are talking to the wonderful Abraham Idruso. So, we wanted to talk about bad credit first and get that out of the way because it's so depressing <laughs> yeah. um, and try and see the light at the end of the tunnel um, in progressing with money. So, we mm-hmm. want to talk about savings, um, investing and um, how we can best get um, the most out of the money that we do have. So uh, my first question is how, um, as you know, people who might not have $60,000 sitting in their bank account and saved, uh, say if you've got $5,000 and you want to invest, mm. how can we best do that?
4: Oh, there are several ways of looking at it and it also depends on what you hope to achieve. Mm. And the time span, because uh, whatever thing you're doing, you really have to look at uh, uh, the the end re- what you want to achieve and the end result of your journey. If you yeah, actually absolutely. buy a house today, for example, let's say you bought it about two years ago or three years ago for three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. If today you will be able to pay at least $250,000 off, so you'll be left with $250,000. Hmm. So five years today, the value of the house will have been more than what you bought. Yeah. We're talking about habit, uh, 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 this time, happens this Now, so assuming you sell it at 350, for say, you bought it at 300, the balance is now or, or uh, this thing is 250. So, if you decide to sell it today, at least you give the 250 back to the bank and then the 100 is yours. Mm. So, that's how I look at it. Even though, even though you wouldn't have much savings or you wouldn't have much, you would ended up cutting down some of your expenses, but at least if you just pay. Extra, for example mm. if you were paying a rent of 100 thousand uh, 1, eight hundred now a month mm-hmm. you could also equally in some cases be paying around that ma- that that same amount for your uh, mortgage, mortgage. Mm. or you just top up a little bit yeah but if you even top up a little bit you know that it says you are investing mm. in the equity yeah so yeah that's how the voting looks like
3: yeah um and I think that you touched on something really important that um each person's financial situation will be different. So I think you have to be reasonable with what you have and how much money you have in the bank when making those decisions. It's not um kind of like a blanket statement of oh, you know, buying an investment property is the best thing to do because some people don't have the means to to invest in that, but maybe people have better means to invest in shares. So I think that it is really important that we do think about that and someone's financial advice that they might get, might not be um, applicable to us. So I definitely think that that is important. Um, I wanted to ask in terms of budgeting, especially for people who may have um, unstable income or like an unstable job, you know, with myself and AD have always spoken about it. um, The fact that we're on contract a lot and we freelance a lot, which means we don't have um, that stable income. What can we do to just budget um, in a general sense that can maybe help us in the future?
4: Oh, that's touchy. <laughs> all right. We all know very well that saving is one of those.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: carrying down the expenses. Yeah. And it all depends on individual's priority. We've all mm-hmm. got different priorities, mm-hmm. different ways of looking at things. Some people are very good at saving. Some people are not. Uh, so it all depends on the individual. But the point is this. If you really are interested in getting a house, if you don't even have those kind of things and you want to save or budget towards mm-hmm. that, as I said earlier on, then first thing is to talk. We mm-hmm. sit down, we talk, and I give you, I listen to what you want, look at your objectives and requirements. Then I steer you towards that. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you've got the information, it makes your planning easier, mm. your budgeting easier. As compared to someone who has, I just want to buy, but I don't know what it is. I don't know. Sometimes you talk to people and they say, wow, I didn't really know about this.
3: Yeah.
4: There are a whole lot of ways of uh, getting even to the point that you can even use your parents or your grandparents mm. or your family distant to get use it as your deposit to buy a house. Mm. Because you really need the no bank will give you hundred percent. Wow. But in the past you could do that. What and kind of all,
3: professions um do they kind of give that lenience to?
4: Uh, we had we had medicine, hmm. the medical field, mining. Wow, okay. Engineering, accounting. Mm-hmm. They used to give about. Not freelancers. They, they, so we're they, they, at are Not, out of the not us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Soul Dive on Brimbank Lives Live FM with your hosts, Rashani and AD. And we are talking finance with Mr. Abraham Adrisu. Um, Mr. Abraham, can you tell us how people, or tell our viewers or our listeners, um, how people can find you um, and reach you if they need financial help or,
4: or aid? All right. Uh, we've got our uh, websites. We are on web. We, uh, uh, we've got our website and then we're on Facebook. And then uh, okay. What I'll do is that probably I have to send this flyer onto your
3: yes, we'll put it up That's on our social media page. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. That's where we, that's what we're going to. And again, to, we could be reached. We could, what we do is that we either come out to you or you can come out to us because mm-hmm. a lot of people have got busy schedule. Yeah. They don't have that time. So if you give us.
1: So, um, Abraham, I really wanted to talk about, um, COVID because, you know, COVID has affected a lot of businesses, uh, throughout 2020 when it started. And I think it's still affecting a lot of businesses, um, and uh, professions. Mm-hmm. Um, how has COVID uh, changed your business or affected it in any way? Might 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 have been a positive thing. You might have had more people flocking to you. Mm. Um, so, what's been the difference uh, since COVID started?
4: Uh, I'll say it has affected a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people, including the mortgage brokers. Mm. As I am speaking now, I was supposed. To- The client was supposed to come here this morning around Mm -hmm. nine o'clock. Yeah. Nine o'clock. But just last night, I had to send a text message saying, hey, because of the Mm. short circuit, this thing, I think we have to go on.
3: Yeah.
4: To further notice. Yeah. And say, yeah, he understands. And then Mm -hmm. the next thing is, uh, I should have been in uh, Adelaide by now. But because of a kind of work I did two mm. weeks ago or a month ago, they said you have to mandatory isolate mm. for yes for further two weeks. Yeah. So, for the past three weeks, one has been testing now, and I was also thinking that in March I'll go, yeah. But here's the case, it's come over here,
3: yeah. even though I've
4: already told clients that I'm coming in March, mm. <laughs> so, yeah. so you can really say literally that's how things are going with yes. that and you can't you can't you can't just take things for granted because no. going to Adelaide now might be a problem in the sense that I don't want I'm just going for uh work mm-hmm. maximum two weeks and I come back but if I'm going over there and they're going to quarantine me or to for me two to weeks. isolate for yes. two weeks there's no point going.
3: No, yeah, and I think that there are a lot of extra hurdles um, for businesses like yours during COVID um, that can really be impactful on the services that you're providing. Um, I wanted to ask in terms of people using the service, because there have still been clients, um, do you think that there's been more clients during COVID time because people are really um, having to deal with you know, perhaps the loss of jobs or people um, having to pay loans or, um, you know, do things like that without steady income? Has there been, like, a change in how many people have come to use your service?
4: Oh, yes, yes. It has impacted on a lot of people. And as a broker, that's when I, I cheap it. Mm. Because as, as we're talking, one, uh, the, the face-to-face contact. It's minimized.
3: Yes, you
4: yes. really have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And look at all the explanations that I've given to you. I wish we were in the same room. Yeah, I'll be doing some calculations on the board. Yeah, it will be better for you. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah,
4: and sometimes not only the calculations. I always like to to be using diagram drawing for people to understand mm-hmm. further. So that's one part of it. The other part of the repayment of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's affecting a lot of people, and that's where I come in as a broker.
3: Yeah,
4: you know. As a broker, when you start, you start from the beginning till the end. Even if the customer or if the applicant settles and moves into the house, you still continue. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 listen, on our webpage and on Facebook, periodically, AFG updates the clients, the changes in the market and all these things for them to really see what is going on. Mm. And then they come back to us, hey, we need this, we need that, we need this. And from time to time, we also ring the, hey, do you really know that this, what you have, this has changed now? It's a better deal or it's a worse deal. This is what these people are offering. Do you have, please have a look at it and let us know what you think. So that comes down. And again, you ask, hey, how are you doing with the mortgage? And say, oh, sorry, I've lost my job and other things. And okay, I'll ask, so what do you want to do? Say, mm. I can't afford, so i just pick up a phone
3: yeah.
4: and call the bank and say, hey, this particular client has lost, or they had about two incomes, but because of the COVID or whatever, the, 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 the income has reduced to one now. Are you able to do something about it? Then the bank will say, okay, how much is he going to pay? And I said, okay, fine. Instead of 1,500, she's decided to pay 800. The bank said, no, that's too small. So I go back to them and say, what can you offer, say $1,000, then the bank will say, okay, fine. And I say, okay, let's put that person on for about six months and we see. Yeah. So within that time, yeah. we'll be finding out. And if nothing has changed, I'll go back to the bank. I wouldn't wait for the bank to ring them.
3: Mm, yeah. I'll
4: go back to the bank and say, hey, it hasn't changed. Mm. So we we'll keep on going that way until finally something comes out. And the yeah. next thing the bank may ask is, do we have someone to help them out? And if the situation is improved, then meaning that person will have to catch up.
3: Right. Yeah.
4: So so that that's that the good things of dealing with, mm. with a, a broker. But yep. if the broker were not there, once you go to a bank, yeah. you talk to someone, the next time you go to a bank, you're talking to another person.
3: Yes. Yeah. And you have
4: to explain yourself. Yep. And a lot of people don't have time for that or no. they don't have time or patience for that. Yeah. But with the broker, you're dealing with one person. Yes. That that, that makes it interesting. And the broker does most of the work for you.
3: Yeah. They run around yeah. the
4: bank, they does it for you.
3: Yeah. Uh, around
4: this time, with the COVID, yeah. you wouldn't have time and the patient to go and queue up no. over there in the bank or queue up by the roadside for you to be called in one after the yes. other. It's annoying. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Um, and in terms of the financial advice you've given during COVID, has that changed at all? Or has it kind of been the stock standard advice you've always kind of given as a financial broker?
4: Uh look, it's always been the same. Not 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 different from that. Even the mm-hmm. difference is not much. Yeah. Okay. But 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 pretty much it's just similar. I wouldn't say it's the same, but pretty much similar yeah. to that.
1: Okay. Have you do you feel like you've lost clients or gained more clients during COVID at all, or has it just stayed the same with your usual?
4: Uh I would even say no, I don't think I've lost clients. I don't think I've lost clients. I think this is the That's time I'll even mm, get them.
1: Yeah. Oh
4: yeah? You think you yeah. get more clients during this time? I, 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 mean, hope be, I hope I'll be getting more clients because mm. uh look at it this way. Because of the COVID, instead of coming into going to the bank, mm-hmm they would rather prefer to come to your place Yes, with less people there, More the safer. risk is minimal. Yeah. That's right. So that's, that that's the way I really see it. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. And just to finish off, um, what are some tips you'd like to give um, our listeners out there when it comes to finances and financial brokers and um, just being better with money?
3: Mm. Especially during COVID.
4: Mm. I would say... Look, when it comes to COVID, observe the code, the COVID, the protocols.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> uh-huh. obey obey the social distancing, the sanitizing, the hand washing, and that kind of stuff, and then wear your mask. <laughs> That's what I'll say. And then uh, uh, look, I will say, wherever you are with regardless the bank you with just always make sure that you ask for alternatives Mm. compare don't just take them for granted Mm -hmm. yeah and always look around and see Uh, if you go to a bank they give you something yes take it don't just Mm -hmm. say no and compare with others and yeah. they get to uh, people, for instance, when you do loan for someone and say it's fixed,
3: mm.
4: as a broker, I try to give the best rates at that time in the market. Mm-hmm. Of course, five years ago, the interest rate were higher, but I'll give you the best. So at the end of maybe two years or three years, the bank will ring you and say, look, your... Fixed rate is coming to an end. What do you want to do? But you had three percent. We will give you 2.9 now. Oh, you say fantastic. That's the end of it. Mm. Yes, it's cheaper than what you had three years ago. But three years ago, that was the best. So I will say, don't just jump onto that. Say, okay, fine, that's it. Pick up a phone, Ibrahim. Yeah. uh, my interest rate is finished. Uh, My my fixed rate is finished. The bank has offered this. Is there anything you can do? Of course, Mm. there's something I can do. Yes. I can still knock it down further Mm. for you. So a lot of people do become excited by that. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And
4: a number of times I said, then you feel comfortable. Oh, the bank has given me 2.99 and i have taken it. So I just say, okay, can I come and say yes? And I said, how about if I were to give you Mm 1.99, how would that feel? Yeah. Then he's surprised. He's sitting down there. I said, yes. Yeah. Just a phone call.
3: We have saved you a lot of thousands. Yes,
4: absolutely. That's the suggestion I have.
3: Yeah, definitely to to call around, um, to ask people to spend that extra time with a financial broker. I feel like that's definitely the advice that we can be giving to people um, during this pandemic and just in generally um, in order to get their finances and to get the best out of their finances as well. Um, I think that's really important. And for our um, listeners, we'll put up... um, Abraham's um, business, so they can contact um, you and your services. Um, That will be amazing for our listeners.
4: Yeah. And again, one more thing. Because of the corona, when I was in Adelaide for the first five years, I used to go from community to community Mm. or people organizing, friends coming on weekend or whatever. I go to talk to them, not about finances, Mm
1: -hmm.
4: but credit as well. Yeah. I was only hoping that. The COVID, uh, the COVID was over, so I could start that, but nobody knows what is going to happen now. So, but however, I wouldn't hesitate coming to talk to a group of people if they would really need my services yeah. just to help out.
1: I and mean, that'd be a great idea moving, yeah. not just in Adelaide, but here in Melbourne, moving from community to community. Oh yes, in Melbourne, I'm I mean, I mean
4: in Melbourne here. Yeah. I'm not based in Melbourne. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of different ethnic groups that I'm sure will benefit from some financial literacy yeah. um, from someone who is in the industry.
3: Mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much, um, Mr. Abraham Druso It was really lovely talking to you and getting an insight into the finance world. Um, I definitely want to continue learning, uh, more, um, because I think, you know, it's just so important to understand what you're doing, where you're getting loans from, and just about money in general.
4: Mm. Um, oh, yeah, it's good. Well. Especially if you people get to know, the little that you get to know, you could, you could educate the community more mm. because you are exposed to the entire community. Totally. That is uh, absolutely true. Yeah. I don't know, uh, Rosha, you say you're from Sri Lanka, is that right?
3: Yes, yes. I
4: do a, right. a loan for a Sri Lankan uh, couple in Adelaide.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think that it is really, as you were saying, like being able to take that information to your communities is, is so important, um, especially because in communities there is um, this hesitancy to talk about money. But I think it's so important to do it because, as you said, you can save yourself thousands of dollars. Oh,
4: well, yes, yes. Yeah. And so, when with that money you put it back onto the loan, and it reduces the the interest rate further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally right. Well, you were listening to Soul Dive on Brimbank Bank Lives Live FM with your hosts AD and Rishani, and we were joined today by the wonderful Abraham Idruso. Thank you so much for joining us today.
4: All right. Thank you so much for having me. too. It's an eye opener. Thanks. Thank you. Thank and you. I hope, and, I, and I hope we meet. Fair. We 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 have we have more meetings.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure.
0: Thanks to the city of Brimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive, with AD, Rishani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on
1: Live FM. Welcome back to Soul Dive on Brimbank Live's Live FM where your hosts AD, Rashani, and Lydia. And we're just wrapping up um, a really insightful show on finance and um, a little bit of finan- about financial literacy investing, saving, credit, bad credit, how to get Mm. out of it, and the impacts of COVID, um, what uh, COVID's done in those kinds of businesses, um, and especially for Mr. Abraham Idrusa, who has his own finance company, organisation. So, guys, what were your main takeaways?
3: Yeah, um, I think for me, I found it really interesting you know, finding out little tips from somebody who obviously gives out loans um, and someone who deals with finance on a a daily basis. I think that it's, um, you know, as a layperson, you kind of have an understanding of finance, but it is really good to know those tips and tricks. Like, um, you know, uh, Mr. Druso was speaking about um, how you can get somebody and help you, they can help you like get a loan um, and how, you know, people can save in different types of ways and get out of debt in different types of ways as well, kind of busting those myths in relation to um, bad credit um, and debt. Those things were really interesting to me um, and I think really valuable for people, especially young people who are perhaps in debt um, or are looking to save or um, get out of a really bad situation financially.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, it was um, kind of the importance of having a financial advisor or a financial Mm -hmm. broker, because obviously Mm -hmm. they are experts in the field. And instead Mm -hmm. of us struggling and trying to research here and there, we can go to one person and they can help us see all of the options and figure out all of the options. And um, because banks and things know them and know their knowledge, they're more Mm -hmm. likely to get you better deals than what you could get yourself. So I think it's worth investing in a financial advisor or just having a chat with someone every once in a while about your finances just to stay mm. on top of things.
2: Yeah, mm. exactly. And I wasn't there for the interview, but you're right. I think finances feeds into every aspect of our life, you know, and it's like the top thing when it comes to sustaining yourself. So I think, yeah, I'm going to look back on it. And I think just putting a name um, or, or a title to a lot of things will help a lot of people because, it, some people haven't even we haven't even grasped certain terms you know mm-hmm. that then give us insight into certain things so much
1: percentages
2: um, yes. yeah a lot of
4: <laughs> <percentages>.
2: <laughs> yeah all i heard was 100 and 105 <laughs> percent but i have to actually go back and watch the interview um but yeah yeah um to building wealth guys mm-hmm. like
1: Amen. To building to wealth to this generation and building wealth
2: <laughs> exactly yeah
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks guys so much for today. Our very first show of 2021. And it was a long one, but it was, uh, it was really needed. It's something that we all need to talk about. We can't keep finances as a taboo topic mm. that people don't like to talk about, um, you know, and, and expect to deal with on their own because they're afraid to kind of admit that they might be in trouble um, or are having a hard time mm. or just don't know what they're doing in general. So let's talk about it more. You know, that's that's, right. that's what this whole show is about. Thank you guys so much. You guys were listening to Soul Dive on Brimbank Live's Live FM with your hosts, AD, Rashani, and Lydia. Until next week. Peace out. With thanks to the city of Brimbank across
0: our neighborhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani, and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM.